0: Chapter sixty seven of Malcolm by George MacDonald This Librivox recording is in the public domain recording by DeVora Allen Chapter sixty seven Feet of Wool The next day Miss Horne, punctual as fate, presented herself at Lossy House and was shown at once into the Marquis's study as it was called. When his lordship entered, she took the lead the moment the door was shut. "'By this time, my lord, ye will doubtless have made up your mind to do what's right,' she said. "'That's what I have always wanted to do,' returned the Marquis. "'Hm,' remarked Miss Horn, as plainly as inarticulately. "'In this affair,' he supplemented, adding, "'It's not always so easy to tell what is right.' "'It's no eye easy to look for it with ain," said Miss Horn. "'This woman, Katina, we must get her to give credible testimony.' Whatever the fact may be, we must have strong evidence. And there comes the difficulty that she has already made an altogether different statement. It gangs for nothing, my lord. It was never made afore a justice of the peace. I wish you would go to her and see how she is inclined. Me gang to Bobby Katna, exclaimed Miss Horn. I would as soon gang and kittle Soughton's nose with a pint of his tail. No, no, my lord. Can anybody gang till her with my wool? It's a be a limb o' the law. "'Isa had no cognostin' with her. "'You would have no objection, however, to my seeing her, I presume, "'just to let her know that we have an inkling of the truth,' said the Marquis. "'Now all this was the merest talk, "'for, of course, Miss Horn could not long remain in ignorance "'of the declaration Fury had, the night previous, forced from Mrs. Cagnaugh. "'But he must, he thought, put her off and keep her quiet, if possible, "'until he had come to an understanding with Malcolm, "'after which he would no doubt have his trouble with her.' "'Ye can do as your lordship likes,' answered Miss Horne. "'But I wouldna have said to me at I had any dealings with her. "'Who kens, but she might say you tried to bribe her. "'There's nothing she would boggle at, "'gin she thought it worth her while. "'No, at I'm feared at her. "'Let her lay. "'I'm not so blit, but only dinna lip until a word she says, my lord.' "'The Marquis meditated. "'I wonder whether the real source of my perplexity occurs to you, Miss Horne,' "'he said at length. "'You know I have a daughter.' Well enough, that, my lord. By my second marriage.' "'Na marriage of all, my lord.' "'True, if I confess to the first. All the same, whether or no, my lord.' "'Then you see,' the Marquis went on, refusing offence, "'what the admission of your story would make of my daughter. "'That's plain enough, my lord. "'Now if I have read Malcolm right, he has too much regard for his "'mistress, to put her in such a false position.' that is, my lord, ye would have your lawful son bear the lawless name. No, no, it need never come out what he is. I will provide for him, as a gentleman, of course. It cannot be, my lord. You can do nothing for him with that face o' his, but out comes the truth as to the father o' And it wouldna be long afore the tale was eked out with the name of his mither. Mistress Catanaw would see to that. Ghent was only to spite me. And I wouldna have my grizel called what she is not, for any lord's daughter in the three Cainrix." "'What does it matter now she's dead and gone?' said the Marquis. false to the dead in his love for the living. "'Dead and gone, my lord. What call you did and gone? "'Maybe the great ones of the earth get sick of four Grander at their for no more, and would perish like the brute beast. "'For anything I ken they may have their wuss, but for my sale I would worstle to hold my soul waken "'and the very article o' death, for the bare chance o' seeing my bonny grizel again.' "'It's a mercy I had no feelings,' she added, arresting her handkerchief on its way to her eyes, and refusing to acknowledge the single tear that ran down her cheek. Plainly, she was not like any of the women whose characters the Marquis had accepted as typical of womankind. "'Then you won't leave the matter to her husband and son,' he said reproachfully. "'I tellt you, my lord, I would do nothing but what I saw to be right. Let this affair out to my hands, I dare na. That lad ye might work to anything at maid again himself. He's just like his poor mither there, if Miss Campbell was his mother, said the Marquis. Miss Campbell! cried Miss Horn. I'll thank your lordship to call her by her ain, and that's Lady Lossie. What of the something ruinous heart of the Marquis was habitable was occupied by his daughter, and had no accommodation at present either for his dead wife or his living son. Once more he sat thinking in silence for a while. I'll make Malcolm a post captain in the navy and give you a thousand pounds, he said at length, hardly knowing that he spoke. Miss Horne rose to her full height and stood like an angel of rebuke before him. Not a word did she speak, only looked at him for a moment and turned to leave the room. The Marquis saw his danger and, striding to the door, stood with his back against it. Think you to scare me, my lord? she asked with a scornful laugh. "'Gang and scare the stern lion-beast at your hall-door. Hold out of the gate and let me gang.' "'Not until I know what you are going to do,' said the Marquis, very seriously. "'I had nothing more to transact with your Lordship. You and me is strangers, my lord.' "'Tut-tut, I was but trying you. And gin I attain the disgrace ye offered me, you would ha' drawn back. No, certainly. You was not trying me then. You was doing your best to corrupt me. I'm no splitter of hairs.' "'My lord, "'It's none but the cruppable would seek to crep.' The Marquis gnawed a nail or two in silence. Miss Horn dragged an easy-chair within a couple of yards of him. "'We'll see who tires of this game first, my lord,' she said, as she sank into its hospitable embrace. The Marquis turned to lock the door, but there was no key in it. Neither was there any chair within reach, and he was not fond of standing. Clearly his enemy had the advantage. "'Have you heard of poor Sandy Graham?' "'Who they're misguiding him, my lord?' she asked with composure. "'The Marquis was first astounded, and then tickled by her assurance. "'No,' he answered. "'They had turned him out of house and hall. "'School, at least, and hum,' she rejoined. "'I may say they had turned him out of Scotland. "'For what presbytery would have him, "'after he had been found guilty o' no thinkin' like other folk? "'Ye maun stand his good friend, my lord.' "'He shall be Malcolm's tutor,' answered the Marquis, "'not to be outdone in coolness.' and go with him to Edinburgh, or Oxford, if he prefers it. "'Never year Le colincy had it better,' said Miss Horne. "'Softly, softly, ma'am,' returned the Marquis. "'I did not say he should go in that style. "'He's a gang as my lord Le colincy or he's no gang at your expense, my lord,' said his antagonist. "'Really, ma'am, one would think you were my grandmother to hear you order my affairs for me.' "'I wuss I were, my lord. I said gar ye here reason upon both sides o' your head, I said Warren. The marquis laughed. "'Well, I can't stand here all day,' he said, impatiently swinging one leg. "'I'm well aware of that, my lord,' answered Miss Horn, rearranging her scanty skirt. "'How long are you going to keep me, then?' "'I wouldn't hae you bide a minute longer nor disagreeable agreeable to your sale. "'But I'm in no hurry so long as ye are afore me. "'You're no ill to look at, though you maun hae been bonnier the day you won the heart of my grizel." The marquis uttered an oath and left the door. Miss Horn sprang to it, but there was the Marquis again. Miss Horn, he said, I beg you will give me another day to think of this. What is the use? All the thinking in the world cannot alter a single fact. You maun do right by my laddie o' your ain sale, or I an gar ye. You. you would find a lawsuit heavy, Miss Horn, and ye would find a scandal o' ill to bide, my lord. It would come sair upon Miss—I cannot what name she has a right till, my lord— the marquis uttered a frightful imprecation, left the door, and sitting down hid his face in his hands. Miss Horne rose, but instead of securing her retreat, approached him gently and stood by his side. "'My lord,' she said, "'I cannot fall to see a man in thribble. Women's born till it, and they take it and are thankful. But a man never gives in till it, and so it comes harder upon him nor upon them. Hear me, my lord.' "'Can there be a man upon this earth who would shield a woman, that man's Malcolm Collinsy?' "'If only she weren't his sister,' murmured the Marquis. "'And just bethink ye, my lord, would it be anything less not an imposition to let a man marry her, and tell him what she was?' "'You insolent old woman!' cried the Marquis, losing his temper, discretion, and manners altogether. "'Go and do your worst, and be damned to you!' So saying, he left the room and Miss Horne found her way out of the house in a temper quite as fierce as his, in character, however, entirely different, inasmuch as it was righteous. At that very moment Malcolm was in search of his master, and seeing the back of him disappear in the library, to which he had gone in a half-blind rage, he followed him. "'My lord,' he said, "'what do you want?' returned his master in a rage. For some time he had been hauling on the curb rein, which had fretted his temper the more." and when he let go, the devil ran away with him. I thought your lordship would like to see an old stair I came upon the other day, at Gangsford of the wizard's chamber. Go to hell with your damned tomfoolery, said the Marquis. If ever you mention that cursed hole again, I'll kick you out of the house. Malcolm's eyes flashed, and a fierce answer rose to his lips. But he had seen that his master was in trouble, and sympathy supplanted rage. He turned and left the room in silence. Lord Lossie paced up and down the library for a whole hour, a long time for him to be in one mood. The mood changed colour pretty frequently during the hour, however, and by degrees his wrath assuaged. But at the end of it he knew no more what he was going to do than when he left Miss Horne in the study. Then came the gnawing of his usual ennui and restlessness. He must find something to do. The thing he always thought of first was a ride but the only animal of horse-kind about the place which he liked was the bay mare, and her he had lamed. He would go and see what the rascal had come bothering about. Alone, though, for he could not endure the sight of the fisher-fellow, damn him. In a few moments he stood in the wizard's chamber, and glanced round it with a feeling of discomfort rather than sorrow, of annoyance at the trouble of which it had been for him both fountain and storehouse rather than regret for the agony and contempt which his selfishness had brought upon the woman he loved. Then, spying the door in the furthest corner, he made for it, and in a moment more, his curiosity, now thoroughly roused, was slowly gyrating down the steps of the old screw-stair. But Malcolm had gone to his own room, and hearing someone in the next, half suspected who it was, and went in. Seeing the closet door open, he hurried to the stair, and shouted, "'My lord!' My lord, or whoever ye are, take care how ye gang, or you'll get a terrible fall. Down a single yard the stair was quite dark, and he dared not follow fast, for fear of himself falling and occasioning the accident he feared. As he descended, he kept repeating his warnings, but either his master did not hear or heeded too little, for presently Malcolm heard a rush, a dull fall, and a groan. Hurrying as fast as he dared with the risk of falling upon him, he found the Marquis lying amongst the stones in the ground entrance, apparently unable to move and white with pain. Presently, however, he got up, swore a good deal, and limped, swearing, into the house. The doctor, who was sent for instantly, pronounced the kneecap injured and applied leeches. Inflammation set in, and another doctor and surgeon were sent for from Aberdeen. They came, Applied poultices and again leeches, and enjoined the strictest repose. The pain was severe, but to one of the Marquis's temperament, the enforced quiet was worse. End of chapter 67.